The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's The List and your boy with Jimmy Van and Sean Ross All right, we are live. What's up, you guys? It's May 2nd. It's The List and your boy, number 70, brought to you ad-read-free by FightfulSelect.com. We have a lot of new content up there on our premium service, uh, uh, FightfulSelect.com. Retro Review WWF SummerSlam 2000. We will have the Stupid People Extended segment today, early access to the Jordan Grace interview that you will hear in segments on uh, this very show. We have a new Dark Match commentary coming this week. All kinds of stuff. Just head over there and check it out. We're always adding new stuff. Jimmy, what's up? I'm glad that we're past episode 69, so I don't have to listen to any more of that bullshit. (laughs) Glad about that. uh, Are you familiar with... uh, Okay, first off, General question. Are you familiar with, with cryptocurrency? Like, are you at all in the know about cryptocurrency? Vaguely. I mean, I asked you about it a little bit, yeah. but... Yeah. Okay, Nigel, are you familiar? Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay, there you go. Probably because you sit in our office with all the guys that are all into that well, shit. I'm invested as well. So oh, there yeah. you go. There you go. Okay, good. So you'll know. So um, somebody like a week ago, and I wish they would just leave me the hell alone, Nigel. Somebody on my Twitter post, uh, they, they sent me a message saying something about, hey, do you want to start accepting Verge as a uh, payment option or something, something like that. I'm familiar with Verge, and uh, ironically enough, Sean, there is a pro wrestling connection to Verge. Is there? So the, the what, what do they call the three-letter sign for whatever? For Verge, it's XVG, for anybody that's interested. It's an alt currency. Uh, meaning that it's not one of the major ones like Bitcoin or, or, uh, or uh, Ether. And the reason that I'm familiar with Verge is Val Venus, Sean Morley, yeah. every day for months kept going on and on about Verge. This is going to. I've actually learned a very little bit about cryptocurrency from his Facebook Live right. posts. So he would go on and on, and that, that son of a bitch, Val Vina, Sean Morley, <laughs> I actually invested in some Verge because of him, because I do invest a bit in, in uh, Bitcoin and, and Ether and some alt currencies. And I invested in some Verge because of that fucker. And it went from like a dollar to like six cents. And I noticed, I noticed that his Facebook post, when he used wow. to tout it, he used to tout it every day, Sean. And, oh, this is going to be the big one, the big one. He hasn't said shit about Verge in months. And it's because it went to shit and he knows it. So somebody decided to, to send me a tweet saying, do you want to you know, get into Verge? I've had so many 
retweets and likes and blah, blah, blah. I'll, I'll log in in the morning and I got 25, like after this first happened, and I'm like, oh, what came out? Some big piece of wrestling news must have come out. And I go and check my notifications, and it's because these Verge lovers are... Maybe re- bots, even. It's, it may be. It's maybe. possible. Yeah, but I, I see that. It's like, what did I do to, to bring this about? You know what I mean? But uh, so I wanted wow, to mention I'm looking. That. Yeah, that does have... It does have some interaction on it. Yeah, I, and I didn't do shit to warn it. I didn't do anything. Except well, I for, can guarantee you we sure as shit are not taking that as payment for FightfulSelect.com. No, no, I that will not. Happening. I could tell you stories. Maybe I'll just give you a high level. So I, I'm, I'm talking to some people about some investment. And one of them, uh, as a means of getting investment for their project, they actually took uh, crypto. So let's say somebody said, I'll give you 100 grand. They were like, no, just give me like 100 grand in crypto. And I think they were really into lithium, I think, or whatever it's called. Litecoin? Litecoin, right. Yeah. And, I mean, uh, maybe, maybe if somebody offered us like quintiple the face value of some of the Fightful Select options, we would consider it. Well, the problem is, so this particular, in this particular example, they now have given out the equity equivalent of 100 grand to that person. And the money that they got in crypto is now worth a fraction of what it was when they got the investment. You get what I'm saying? And when they told me about this, I thought I would never do it. If, if somebody came along to me and said, I want to buy a percentage of your company and I'll give you uh, that amount in Bitcoin, I'd say, fuck off. Oh, yeah. Because there's no – you could wake up tomorrow when you've already lost half the value and they, you know, I just wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. But they did. Yeah, uh, I, I very briefly before you know the thing I told you about – job situations in the fall i was like yeah maybe i should jump into crypto and stuff a little too scary for me right now but maybe after all that, i always I, say I well i always say don't invest any more than you're willing to lose well i know one thing i'll take your advice and not val venus's there you go and i didn't go too heavy on it because i'm, I'm just not going to do that but i did put <laughs> some in and i i sent sean morley uh a few a few questions like hey i need because i got some feedback about verge and i I don't know if it's going to be good because this this or this and i actually hit up sean morley and said i need you to address these questions and he actually like really pumped him up like oh no no don't listen to that man it's whatever and i've now it's worth six cents so thanks man he is a he is a fascinating facebook user he's very interesting very big into the uh the marijuana world He's from, oh, a place, yeah. he's from a place called Peterborough, Ontario, which is where Bobby Roode is from. And I know that he wants to open up a marijuana shop now in Peterborough because they're going to be going legal this year. It's supposed to be July 1st, but now they pushed yeah. it back. But he wants to get into that. Anyway, I want to mention the Verge thing because uh, whoever – if anybody is listening to this, I might have had something to do with that. Leave me alone. I didn't ask for it. All right? I'm familiar <laughs> with crypto. Am I going to offer it as a payment option? No. No, I'm not. So that's that. I want to give a shout-out to Mr. Glenn Jacobs. Now, Nigel, yeah. let me ask you this question, bud. Okay. Um, and then you can put the photo up in a second. Let's say that you were a homeowner uh, in, a, in a little town, and uh, one day there's, an, there's a knock on your old door there, and you go open it, and there is a – I know he's not really seven feet. He's probably, what, six, eight? Maybe six, six eight, maybe, you know, 290-pound man basically taking up the whole frame of your door – Standing there, wanting to say hello. How would you feel about that? <laughs> Uneasy, to say the least. Uneasy. I'd be, I'd put now, now, how would you feel if he was trying to pass something within the city? You said no. He slammed his hands down <laughs> and everything caught fire. How you know what would be awesome? It'd be awesome. Let's say that the heat went out in the winter. 
And and Glenn Jacobs is the mayor of Knox County, Tennessee. All you got to do is call him and say, hey, man, like, you know, I don't, I, they shut my heat off and I'm freezing cold. I'll take care of it for you. Yeah. You know? I, I'm just going to call Talk out Nigel. Last year, I submitted an article that was that I suggested be a cross post between Fightful.com and Trig Tent about Kane and his politics. Nigel didn't run it. Damn. Uh, What's going on, Nigel? (laughs) I'm going to put up that photo. Yeah, put up the photo. So so Glenn Jacobs, a.k.a. Kane, he missed the greatest Royal Rumble because the, uh, what was it called? I want to make sure I get it right. The mayoral primary was going on in Knox County, Tennessee. And uh, so he missed the greatest Royal Rumble because he wanted to do door-to-door campaigning. And if you can believe it, do you see that picture, Sean? I hope nobody in your office wears Asics. (laughs) I am a shoe guy. (laughs) That son of a bitch is wearing Asics. Maybe it's the only thing. Well, it can't be the only thing you can find to fit him because they make, they sh- make athletic them. shoes for huge people. Yeah, they do. Potentially, the they man's do. wearing Asics. Okay, Sean. We wear those to wrestle in. Sean, let me tell you, I uh, you you probably know this about me. Uh, I I've done okay in life, but <laughs> I I refuse. No, listen, I refuse to put money into clothes because I don't see the point. And so as we speak, I'm wearing a pair of lug sneakers that I paid $30 for, Sean. I like lugs. And I, it's, I, I just refuse. I, I see people, and, and let's be, if we're being frank, whenever you see the guy wearing the three-piece suit with the Ferrari, okay, I'd say there's a 90% chance that the Ferrari is leased and you put everything that he owned into that suit. And, now, that's, and that is a fact. You, did you buy those lugs because they sponsored WWF Judgment Day 1999? How did you guess, Sean? <laughs> I How did you remember, guess? I remember them being a big sponsor because they had the orange logo. If oh, you yeah, remember, yeah. If, yeah. truth be told, what I did was I checked various online retailers to see what I could get for thirty bucks, and I got lugs white sneakers for thirty bucks, and they're good, man. They're comfortable. Uh, I paid thirty. How much tread you got on those? I they're bet not you got bad. So much tread. It's pretty good. I can't. I can't hold them up, but it's not terrible. It's not terrible. Well, I mean, I am. I am a shoe guy, a sneaker guy, but I. I kind of have a personal rule. I only keep a certain number of pair. Then. Otherwise, we'll donate them or give them to somebody in our town. Or I buy a like couple that. at a time. Yeah, so I always yeah. have a spare. So back to uh, Glenn Jacobs for a minute. So he missed the greatest Royal Rumble because he wanted to do door-to-door campaigning. And congratulations to Glenn Jacobs because today is May 2nd. The election for the mayoral primary in Knox County, Tennessee took place yesterday, May 1st. Glenn Jacobs won the election. And you want to talk about the tidiest of margin, Sean? 17 votes. Boy, he won by 17 votes. Now, granted, this was not exactly a metropolis that he was in, but 17 votes. But apparently, they got 100 percent of the count, so it, it's it's legit. That means that he is now the Republican candidate for mayor. So he didn't win the mayoral elections. In case anybody gets confused, it means that he has won the right to represent the Republican Party uh, in the mayoral election. And I Let's say, be real, Tennessee. Well, probably winning that. <laughs> he might, he might, but you know what? I we've talked about Glenn Jacobs. I have nothing but respect for Glenn Jacobs. Oh yeah. And and sometimes people, you know, they'll see a guy with his stature, and sometimes people are ignorant and they think, oh, he's he's a dumb jock or, or whatever. He anybody that that's met him will tell you he's the most intelligent guy and he's the most soft spoken guy. And uh, the, picture, the time he ran the table on the weakest link, that I, game show. Yeah, I vaguely remember. I vaguely remember. Ran the table. But he's, I got a lot of, got a lot of respect for this guy in general. I do. Twenty years as Kane, uh, twenty-one years, and before that, he overcame some horseshit, Jimmy. Yes, he did. Even even before WWF, before Fake Diesel, and before Isaac Yankum. Yes, they put him in Garland 
as the Christmas creature. I vaguely remember that, yeah. Yeah, man, like weird stuff, man. And he yeah. overcame it. And yes, he did. He had two, I want to say, fairly prominent characters in Isaac Yankum and the fake Diesel. Because, yep. I mean, fake Diesel was in the final four of a Royal Rumble at one point. And one thing I respect about him, too, is he's, he's, he's had, a, like you said, a good 20-year run. He's considered one of the biggest pro wrestling stars of the last two, two and a half decades. And yet you talk about humbleness and humility. That yeah. this guy would not only campaign door to door, he posted pictures on his Twitter account of him standing basically in front of a high school with a big sign that's got his name on it. Yeah. How many guys would do that, man? You think you think Roman Reigns would ever be standing in front of a high school going door to door? Like, there's no chance. No, no chance. I, I often have people ask me, like, oh, who would you want to do a talent podcast with, like we used to do with, with Shane and with Matt Riddle? Kane is up at the top of my list yeah. because he's been there since 1995. Yeah, he's been there through everything, and he's been—he's done a little bit of everything. He's one of the most decorated tag team wrestlers in pro wrestling history. Yeah, yeah. With with all the people he's teamed with, he's seen and done it all. He—he's had a variety of gimmicks. He's played serious. He's played menacing. Yep. He's played comedic. He's been an absolute jobber. He's been a yep. main eventer. But he's also he's kept his, everything. He's kept his feet on the ground. And, uh, and, and, you know, a, a buddy of mine just told me this a couple weeks ago, so I'll talk about this. A uh, buddy of mine did a signing with Kevin Nash, and he was telling me about how Kevin Nash uh, was still driving, like, an old car. Because yeah. I guess he went to I – th- I think Nash lives in Orlando or Tampa. And he went to see him, and they met at a diner for him to sign a bunch of stuff. And yeah. he said Nash showed up in a clunker. And he was like, look at this guy. He's made a bunch of money, but he's, he's smart about it. You know what I mean? And so I have I have a lot of respect for that. And Kane, living in Knox County, Tennessee, his wife owns a, a insurance business there. I think so. Good for him. I remember man. Chris Rock at like the height of his fame drove a Nissan Altima, and like when they did like an MTV, I think it was True Life or whatever for him, like a documentary. He was like, "Yeah, I drive an Altima. I like it." You want He's a Chris like, Rock story, Sean? Yeah, of course I do. I have a personal Chris Rock story. Do you? So when I was in university, and I was in university many years ago, Sean, and uh, my first year, Chris Rock at the time, this was probably New Jack City time. Oh, wow. Probably around there. So he was young, and, and, uh, but established. And the university brought in Chris Rock for performance. Really? And he was doing what Chris Rock does. So he was talking about very sexual-related stuff. I remember somebody gave him a tube of lube. Like somebody in the crowd oh, gave him a no. tube of lube, and he was going on about that. As we're sitting there, and you want to talk about people not wasting time, Sean. As I'm sitting there, a girl came up to me with a clipboard. And I look at it, and I go, what's this for? She said, uh, I was wondering if you want to sign this. We want to complain to the school about Chris Rock. We want to ban him. Oh, boom. And I, I looked at her, and I was, I was probably uh, 18. And I looked at her, and I said, uh, do you know who Chris Rock is? Do you know what the material is? And do you know the audience here? And she just kind of looked at me, and I said, this is a college crowd this is his audience no i'm not signing your stupid petition but that Man. was even back then this is pre-internet this is pre-online snowflake sean this shit already <laughs> existed just... on a smaller scale boo oh. i watched that john mulaney stand up on netflix that is highly recommended watch that yesterday that was my jam there you i go. think chris rock has a new one out i think i watched it too it was pretty good shout out to courtney summers on the youtube super chat with the the little donation there says, my big sister is friends with Kane and loves him. I have well, no, yeah, much respect. We love you. Yeah. How about that? Let's talk about the greatest Royal Rumble. So can you ever remember a show, Sean, 
in WWE history uh, where there were so many different examples of controversy. Can you ever remember a show where so many things came out of the show? So Nigel's not a wrestling guy, so we got to go over this with him uh, (laughs) high level. Now, first off, let's talk about the highlights of the actual show itself before we talk about the controversies. Oh, there were highlights highlights. of the show, huh? Yeah, so first off, uh, Nigel put up the Titus Titus, uh, animated (laughs) animated gift for people. Titus O'Neil, got to love him. I know he has gone on social media and said, oh, it was my plan all along. I've watched it back a few times. That was not planned. I've seen it back. But it was awesome. And I like how the company's kind of running with it now a little bit, even though they're making him look like a klutz and Baron Corbin's going to kill him. But they're still still running with it, so that's fine. Put up the gender animated animated gif. Now, I... uh, I respect the fact... Now, we've talked about this. You know I have much respect for pro wrestlers, especially in WWE. The schedule that they keep. These guys, after the Saudi show, they had to fly 12 hours to to New York. Then the ones that were on Raw, their plan was to fly right to Montreal. And the flight to Montreal got canceled. So most of them drove from New York to Montreal six hours after flying 12. What they do is very difficult, and I, uh, that is not lost on me. And so a guy like Jinder Mahal, I respect, uh, I respect what he goes through. But when you look at that spot with Jeff Hardy, where Jeff Hardy missed him with the Whisper of the Wind by about 18 feet, and Jinder <laughs> Mahal made like there must have been an earthquake or something, that's one of those moments where you've got to use your veteran experience and you don't do what he did. You just put Jeff Hardy on his back and you pin him. Yeah, or you just That's it. or put the boots to him or whatever. But you use your veteran experience because you're in the company because you're a veteran, allegedly. You use that experience and you improvise and you go with it. You don't look like a moron who, who misses the bump by, by a mile and he looks stupid. And uh, so I had to show that. And that is, that is a very subtle example of why Jinder Mahal will not be a top-of-the-card guy because he doesn't get that. And people shit on Roman Reigns, man. Roman Reigns isn't taking that bump. Yeah, Roman Reigns won't do that. No way. Roman Reigns won't. And no I unfortunately way. tweeted right before that that Jinder Mahal was drastically outworking Jeff Hardy, and he was because right. Jeff Hardy was miserable in that match but yeah, then yeah, that yeah. spot happened and yeah the only thing i could like, think of is you know i know it was a hot day in uh, in jetta i wonder if like a gust of wind came along well we you do know? have an alex palowski article yeah. where he lists the top 10 theories of what actually knocked down jinder mahal so right. you all can check that out at fightfulwrestling.com otherwise this was the most mediocre horseshit show i have ever seen a waste of time i wonder if the saudi arabia people who who put this on We'll smarten up and be like, uh, you got to give us something a little more substantial. The Rumble was fun. It was cool. But this show was a very safe show. I said it on my post show. The ladder match was a 1990s ladder match, and there's nothing wrong with that. I didn't mind it. One ladder. I didn't mind that at all. It was a 1990s ladder match. That's fine. The Royal Rumble was very simple. But you had that great performance of Daniel Bryan that I thought bridged the whole thing, made it a lot of fun. Yep. Reigns Lesnar was better than WrestleMania. I thought that Nakamura Styles was better than WrestleMania. But that being said, they eliminated doubt of some of the backlash matches because of the results that they put forth here. And of course, they can say, "Well, we had a title change." Well, you had to. Yeah, you so. had to. I mean, I the the rain the thing that made me chuckle about the Reigns finish because the Reigns finish was stupid. And the thing that made me chuckle about it is you could see those uh, those plastic twist tie things. Yeah. You could see them go flying into the camera when they went when they did the spear. And I was yeah. watching that thinking, how many steel cages have plastic twist ties on the uh, on the thing like that? 
you know? Like it was, it, it, whatever. Uh, I also think Hornswoggle needs to file a formal petition because he was not officially eliminated from the match. So as far as I'm concerned, he's still yeah. in it, Sean. He's still in it, man, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I mean, is it is it that hard to have Hornswoggle come in? Go on the top rope. And oh, then Curtis Axel show up and be like, I know what you're saying, man. And they could do something like that, right? Yeah. Is it that hard? They could do. And then you know what they could do? They could have like a two-man battle royal between the two of them. And then Braun throws them both out. <laughs> That's not Braun that. comes in. We just booked the show, out. Sean. We just booked it's the not, show. It's, it's not that hard. No. And we booked it because of somebody else's ineptness, essentially. And people would find it funny. They'd find they it funny. They would. Let's talk about some of the controversies because there's a lot. And I'm curious what uh, Nigel thinks because he's, he's really into you know world news and shit. So first and foremost, um, so it took place in Saudi Arabia, right? Yeah. Uh, going in, they had made it clear no women can perform on the show. Right? How'd you like the uh, love seats that they had for all the uh, executives? So they didn't have regular folding chairs in the crowd. They had love seats, like 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 sofa. Like, people, like wow. people were moving them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whoa. And uh, and my wife watched a little bit with me, and she said, "Because let's be frank, all right. This was done for political reasons, right?" The Saudi yeah. people that were there and the executives that were there, they don't give a shit about pro wrestling. It was done for political reasons. They, they want to come up progressive. Corey Graves even, you know, because Corey Graves is such a corporate shill, he read something about, what was it, Vision 2020 or something? Yeah. Uh, and, and about how progressive Saudi Arabia has become. That's why they did it. It was completely propaganda-based. Now, I don't blame WWE. They were paid a lot of money, and any, any entertainment entity would have done the same. So I don't blame them. But... Going in, they said no women. So what happened was on the big screens, they played that video that uh, is uh, promoting the uh, single-branded pay-per-views where they're lip-syncing yes. to the song, right? And a lot of the girls were in their ring gear, right? Meaning that a lot of the female talent were wearing almost bra and panties type attire. Yeah. That played on the screen in the arena. And I'm sure the producers, even though they should have known better, Sean, and, and, and I'm, I hope they were reprimanded, it probably slipped their mind for a second because it was playing on the network as well. So the Saudi Arabian government, and specifically the General Sport Authority, were pissed, yeah. right? And they issued an apology uh, to the people, uh, to the, uh, they said, the viewers and attendees of the WWE event in Jeddah. They issued an apology, and I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I just want to read a few of the points that I thought were interesting. They said, uh, the General Sport Authority would like to apologize to the viewers and attendees of the WWE event that took place in Jeddah over the indecent scene involving women that appeared as an ad before a segment. It would like to confirm its total disapproval of this in the shadow of its commitment to eliminate anything that goes against the community's values. The authority has made sure to ban showing of any segment that involves women wrestling or any scenes related to it and stipulated that to the company. The authority also disapproved any promotional materials with pictures or videos showing women in an indecent way and emphasized our commitment to this rule. So I just want to make it clear. Number one, they were not naked. Number two, there, there was no sexual acts taking place. They were wearing their ring gear, lip syncing on a microphone. Yep. But it's the culture, right? So that was the first kind of... Culture sucks. Well, the culture yeah, shit. totally but with you. That's what that. it was. So that, that's the first thing that happened that, that I wanted to mention. That's number one. Number two, and I love having you in here, Nigel, because you're like, you're the world culture guy. So this is good. <laughs> so number two, there was a segment on the show where they had a couple of wrestlers who portray themselves as Iranian wrestlers from Iran, right? Right. Uh, one of them is uh, Ari Davari, who's on the roster currently. The other is his brother, Sean Davari, who used to be on the roster. They brought him in just for this. They had a few Saudi wrestlers, although ironically enough, at least one of them was American. But there were Saudi wrestlers 
in the ring. The two Iranian wrestlers came out, waving the flag, and the Saudi guys beat them up, right? Which is, yeah. And that's how they ended the segment. One of those Iranian wrestlers, he's American too, but one of the, one of the Iranian wrestlers, uh, uh, Arya Davari, claimed on social media that he got death threats after that segment. And he actually posted on social media, uh, I, was, I was merely playing a character on television. It was pure entertainment. I apologize. Because, you know, there is – I actually did some research, Nigel. Oh, okay. Because I'm not a world of, uh, you know, political guy, really, but I did some research. So I know that there are strained relations between Iran and Saudi Arabia. There are strained relations between Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia and Syria, which we're going to get to in a minute, Sean. And so that's why there was people pissed off that they have these two Iranian guys out there promoting Iran, essentially. So yeah. that caused some shit. Then there's a wrestler named Sami Zayn. Who is now one of my favorites because he's freaking awesome as a as a, just an asshole heel. I love him. He is of Syrian descent, even though he's Canadian and he's born and raised in Quebec, Canada. But he's of Syrian descent. Right. He was left off the show, uh, and apparently it was requested uh, to the company. Anybody, you know, uh, I don't I don't know if they looked over the whole roster. Any, any Yemeni wrestlers that they kicked off? Yeah. The card? <laughs> <laughs> well, he was left off. Then Finn Balor. And, th- and this is why sometimes, Sean, people just bitch because they, they feel they need to bitch, right? So Finn Balor at WrestleMania wore rainbow-themed attire to promote the gay and lesbian community, right? Okay. After WrestleMania, he didn't wear that attire again. He didn't wear it on Raw. He didn't wear it at the live events after WrestleMania. Uh, and he didn't wear it at the Greatest Royal Rumble. Because people like to bitch and moan, and because he didn't wear it at the Greatest Royal Rumble in Saudi Arabia, people immediately shit on Finn Balor, thinking, oh, you're buying into the the cultural problem, even though he didn't wear it after WrestleMania, Sean. Yeah, right? I think it was more mounting evidence than anything. Like, had those other issues not occurred, right? I don't think that that would have happened, but right. it was just another, it was like another thing to point at and to say, point at. ah, look. Right, right. It, it, it's so, it was so interesting that there were so many events on one show. Michael Cole even referred to Sergeant Slaughter as the late great, Sean. My God. So, my God. one of the commentators referred to a Live Hall of Fame wrestler as dead. <laughs> yeah. On commentary. This was, this was a really long house show, and I was very pumped for it. It was. I thought that the, the card looked really, really good. Yeah, it did. But ultimately, ultimately, I thought Sasha Banks versus Ruby Riot from Monday Night Raw this week was better than anything on that show. What do you call, the, what do you call the move Ruby Riot did? Is that like a – because it, it, it was ooh, like a cannonball awesome sort of – It was very interesting. Was very, you, you know what it looked it, like, Sean? It looked like she was climbing up the side of the mountain and lost her grip. Yeah. But well, she did it on purpose. Like, it looked good. It looked good. That, that crowd was great, and it, it got that crowd cooking anyway. I mean, that was just that was a really good match. But. Yeah, so the, the crowd in Saudi Arabia, and I realized it was a live show, and I realized that they're not wrestling fans. And I was watching it with my wife and a lot of the executives. The executives were in their uh, traditional attire. Right. And most of the other fans were in just regular street clothes kind of thing. Did you notice, Sean, that a lot of the executives – they would stand up and completely turn their back to the ring. Just dicking just, around the just whole time. talking to people. and Like guys in the front row would have their back to the ring because they didn't give a shit, Sean. Did, did you notice, wow. and I had it confirmed with somebody within WWE, they avoided hard cam shots for a while because of that. They like oh, If really? you go back and you look at Cena versus Triple H, you'll see them avoid hard cam shots for a couple minutes at a time, which... WWE doesn't like doing. You know they love their cut, 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 right? Zoom horse shit, but they they wouldn't go to the hard cam because all these people were up just goofing off. Yeah, I didn't care at all. 
They were, they right were there. only really hot, I thought. They were only really hot for Hunter Cena that kicked off the show. Mm-hmm. And they were pretty hot for that. And then from then on, it was – and I know a lot of people are going to say, well, it was, it was an open stadium and the volume goes straight up. That's what they always say, right? But Cena, Hunter, you could hear them, Sean, right? Like I, I think that they were tired. They didn't really care. The executives clearly didn't give a shit at all. Not at all. Uh, and you know what? Vince McMahon didn't either because Vince McMahon, I heard, that, I heard they probably got around $10 million for that show because we're doing another one later in the year. Uh, rumored, which we can also talk about. So the greatest Survivor Series. You think that's what it's going to be? No. So the and and Nigel, maybe you can correct me on the pronunciation. So the capital of Saudi Arabia is it called Riyadh? Yeah, Riyadh. Okay, there you go. I knew he would know. So uh, something called the Riyadh Report posted on Twitter on April 27 that according to Turkey Al Sheikh, who's one of the members of the of the General Sport Authority, the next WWE event will be in Riyadh in November. Uh, now, I thought it was going to be, from what I heard, Sean, and maybe you can correct me, I heard it was supposed to be one show a year, 10 years, $200 million. That's what I heard, which told me $20 million a show. But if they're doing one in November, unless they're going to maybe take a year where they don't do any, it's going to be $10 million a show probably, which is still really good. I mean, that's a hell of a gate if, they're, if it's a regular show that they're ticketing. Yeah, right? numbers are hardly confirmed, but that's generally in line with what I've heard. So, And $10 million would make a lot more sense than $20 million a show because right. – it's still solid, man. That's good for, you know. Hell yeah, that's solid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My God. That's that really is... good. Now, let me ask you this, Sean. Corey Graves posted this on Twitter on April 28th. Quote, when money eclipses passion, is it still success? Now, there were a lot of questions. Is he throwing shade at the, you know, WWE's Greatest Royal Rumble decision kind of thing? Because all the controversy and everything. But at the same time, Corey Graves was the guy with the stupid bleached hair. Sitting, sitting on commentary, uh, talking about oh uh, the progressive Saudi Arabian government and vision, whatever he said, twenty twenty or something. So, isn't it interesting that him of all people is now throwing up twitters like that? What do you think of that? Oh man, you know I've had to work with some people that I didn't want to work with in the past. I talk but... about Nigel. Is that who you mean, Nigel? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Precisely, Nigel. And do I mean? cover some things I didn't want to and stuff, but it's easy for him to say after he's been over there. But why would you say it at all? I don't know. If, if he made himself available to the media, I would ask him, since that's right. so easy. It's a thing he always talks about, you know. Uh, why, why didn't they reach out? Well, put your contact info up, Corey. I'll, right. I'll hit you up, right. and we'll straighten this out, and we'll run a story on Fightful.com. One thing that irritates me is when guys feel the need to put up uh... – promotional photos like on the regular like new profile pics and stuff and he does that and he's got a new one with a stupid new white hair and his and I, hair yeah and I'm, I'm being frank like i i i think he's a decent commentator but i just find him very yeah, irritating he's, i find him irritating because he's a very corporate shill kiss ass type of personality so i think uh, it would have said a lot more if he put that up before the event instead of after right right and now that being said Maybe this was an enlightening situation for him. Maybe he learned something from this, and I'm not. I'm not putting it past that. Maybe, maybe he did. Maybe, maybe he's a little I more mean, sympathetic now. I and I, I will give WWE props in one in one uh, area. I heard that the women who didn't get to work the show were paid for the weekend, which is great if that's true. Women that I talked to were rather excited for the weekend off because right? there were a lot of people who were had to have to experience like six, seven overseas trips. Right over the course of three weeks and they were pretty happy at least i thought i spoke to two of them and they were pretty happy to not go let me ask you this question so alexa bliss and natalia 
they posted whenever they got back from Saudi Arabia, whenever the guys got back from Saudi Arabia, so that would have been Sunday or something. They posted on social media, essentially, Montreal flight canceled, we got to drive from New York. And I saw that and I thought to myself, why are you flying into New York? You guys weren't on that show. I don't know. I'd have to ask. Okay. I was curious I'd have about to that. ask. Well, I mean, they, they may have had something for Total Divas. They may have had something. There's a lot yeah, of man. different things that they could have done. Uh, but yeah, uh, <laughs> the, the two girls I spoke to were very happy to have the weekend off because, man, I, w- I was feeling really, really tired personally after Greatest Royal Rumble. I can't imagine what they were feeling after the WrestleMania stuff. Right. The Raw and SmackDown after WrestleMania stuff. Right. Shake-up stuff. Right. Maybe they're filming Total Diva stuff right now. You don't know. Alexa Bliss had some other stuff going on that yeah. she had done. So. Yeah, yeah. But can you imagine yeah. Can you imagine flying home, like I already kind of said, flying home, you land in New York, and you're tired. It's a 12-hour flight, and then you got to drive six hours to Montreal because your flight was canceled. That would stink. Yeah. You know? Like, it's a hard gig. I have nothing but respect for those guys, even Jinder Mahal with his phantom bump. I have nothing but respect for what those guys got to go through. Do you think the tightest thing was uh, planned? No, not at all. I don't either. No way. I don't either. Good. I'll tell you who won't have a problem getting women on their show. Reality of Wrestling and Title Match Wrestling's Saturday, May 19th show, Ladies Night Out 2, which Jordan Grace is on. I interviewed her. Take a listen. This show, obviously, it's uh, put on by Title Match Wrestling and Reality of Wrestling. Not an issue where you have to deal with like shady promoters, but you being on the independent circuit and being so active, is that something you have to overcome? I saw just this week Chelsea Green and James Ellsworth dealing with, with a guy who was kind of shady to them. What's the weirdest thing you've had to deal with in that regard? Um, I mean, the weirdest thing is just like promoters that are, are promoters that are also perverts. Mm-hmm. And... You know, they might be promoters of, like, bigger shows, so you can't really out them publicly, but there are some really shady, creepy promoters that run the bigger promotions. Damn. That's – and with everything that has happened, especially over the last, oh, probably nine to ten months with a lot of powerful people being outed, is that something you see, like, when that happens, you're like, ah, your time's probably coming. Oh, yeah, for for sure. And, you know, a couple of those people have already been, you know, outed on Twitter and Facebook and stuff. And with social media the way it is today, there's almost going to be none of those promoters left. I am interested in your case for the bear hug in 2018. You are bringing it back. That's that's real. Okay, so have you seen Parks and Recreation? I have. Okay, so do you remember the scene where uh, Ron puts uh, the guy in a bear hug and he passes out? Yes, I do. Okay, well, there's my there's my case right there. That's real. Oh, my wife is such a big Parks and Rec fan. She she came and got me when that when that scene aired, which, when she rewatched it a couple weeks ago, or a couple months <laughs> ago, actually. She was like, this guy just did a bear hug. And I was like, oh, man. I, I have been anti-bear hug. And then I saw that you were trying, you were not trying, you were bringing it back. And you've, oh, you've got yeah, a following of, of bear hug supporters at that. Yeah, I, I mean, I've I've won a lot of matches with it so far. I even won a battle royal with it. Uh, you won a past. battle royal with a bear hug. Yeah, I won a battle with a royal with the bear hug. I, it was me and another girl, and we were on the apron, and I put her in a bear hug, and she passed out, and I dropped her to the ground, and Fantastic. that's how I won. Fantastic. That is a creative finish. I like that. Uh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> All right, we're back. 
I put up that full interview uh, with Jordan Grace up on FightfulSelect.com early. It will be released after the show as well. I have several articles coming out of it. I found out in researching her, she doesn't do a lot of podcast interviews. So your boy got the hookup. That's because you're, you're so charming, Sean. Yeah, we're probably <laughs> going to see her in Impact, Ring of Honor, WWE by the end of the year. So, you know, prior to Mania, we talked about, you know, WWE storylines are probably going to be in a holding pattern until after the Greatest Royal Rumble. That was kind of the, the idea. And uh, then the Greatest Royal Rumble happened. And then Raw and SmackDown this week, they, they might as well have had a test pattern on the screen for five hours collectively because they did nothing. And so now I'm guessing they're waiting till after Backlash, right? It's got to be. Yeah, that's, that's what I always kind of thought was maybe Backlash, but uh, just... Holding pattern BS, man. Like with everybody. The The entire roster is basically sitting in a holding pattern. I really feel for Bobby Lashley because he has gone from the hot return to being nothing. He's basically running in quicksand doing nothing. And I kind of of feel for him. Let me ask you this question uh, in terms of storyline progression. Uh, Lana this week on SmackDown, she's wearing a Rusev Day t-shirt. And she's talking to Rusev backstage. And aside from uh, the way that she pronounced the word Rusev... There was no accent out of Lana. Now, the first thing I thought of was Kofi Kingston. You remember? Yeah. So, so Nigel might find this funny. Kofi Kingston's from uh, Massachusetts. Okay. He's actually uh, from Ghana. Well, born maybe, but he was raised in the U.S. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? And uh, when he first came on the roster, they made like he was Jamaican, made him talk with an accent, right? And everybody kind of knew, you're from Boston. You know what I mean? And then he very kind of quietly dropped it and stopped using it with really no explanation. I think they joked about it, didn't they, Sean, like years later in a segment or something? But otherwise, he never really used it. Lana, um, it was only one segment, so it could be anything. But there was no explanation. Just She just spoke without an accent. Do you think that they're just going to quietly drop it? Do you think that uh, it looks like her and Rusev, this could be a tease because they should be together? She kind of suggested that Aaron English is holding them back. What do you think of the whole thing? Okay, so first off, good. I mean, whatever. If she stays over like that, let it happen. It's always amazing to me when I see a guy like Roman Reigns, who WWE so desperately wants to get cheered. Now, I'm not saying that Rusev should be the guy, but you have three people here that the crowd desperately wants to cheer. Mm Mm-hmm. They want to cheer Lana, Rusev, Aiden English, all of them. You put them together, I think that's a hell of a trio, too. Because Aiden English, I didn't understand how much he really contributed to that act. But, man, he gets the crowd going. He doesn't really do anything heelish these days. Yeah, no. He never really does. He just sings a song. Yeah. He just sings a song, and the crowd loves it. Yeah. And the crowd wants to like all three of them, and Aiden English is the perfect third wheel for that and can eat a lot of the heat, and then Rusev crushes people. Yep. But WWE is dead set. I'm hoping it's a swerve, and maybe they outsmart some heels, and Lana helps them, and they become like a good tag team on that show or a good act on that show. Because I think that <laughs> using that being like, oh, well, the crowd loves him. Let's make them hate him. Yeah, you're right. And and I understand they were in Montreal. Montreal's a different crowd. But as soon as Lana came on the screen, Sean, might as well, it might as well have been Stone Cold circa 99 when Lana came on the screen for whatever reason every crowd seems to love her that's because she's hot that's why they love her but but she's she's also different than all the other girls though but I mean let's be real how many hot women have been on pro wrestling shows over the last couple of decades and not been over like that it's true she's very different than the others it's true true. let me ask you this question just about uh, Aiden English do you think that Aiden English took the tombstone 
because Rusev was too heavy. Yeah, for sure. I definitely do. I saw also, that spot. Also, glad man. he's okay because there was some concern there. It looked okay to me. I, I I read about the speculation, but it looked okay. But I, I saw that, and as soon as Aiden English came in, I'm talking the greatest Royal Rumble, when he came in and took that tombstone, the first thing I yeah. thought of is, I bet you Rusev's too heavy for Taker now. And, I, and it's a shame, man. I, I really don't want him to become this guy that is a shell of what he was because he's afraid to retire. Because a lot of guys don't want to retire when, when it's time to make that decision. And there you have Michael Cole, which fucking drives me nuts, again saying, look better than ever. He said it again after that match. Oh, Taker, no, ha- Taker hasn't looked good in 10 years, with all due respect to him, like in, in terms of what he used to be. I'll say he looked but, better than I thought he would because I didn't think he would work a 15-minute match ever It was again. okay. It was okay. I but, mean, I didn't say he looked good. No. He looked better than what I expected. But uh, if, which, he's at, if he's at the point where he's concerned about getting Rusev up for that move, you know, might be time for him, to let, it, might be time for him to let it go, I think. Yep, just show up at WrestleMania, choke slam some people. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you on the spot for a second, Sean. Okay. Uh... <laughs> So, uh, again, we're doing this on Wednesday, May 2nd. So, SmackDown was last night in Montreal. Uh, yeah. You had uh, some of your, you know, magic uh, wizardry with the scripts that you get early and shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you reported that Daniel Bryan was pulled because they were afraid of an infection in his chest from the... From that's the... what they said. They didn't like how it looked on TV. Okay, because my question for you... Oh, so that's what it was. So, it wasn't that he couldn't wrestle. No, he, he did wrestle last that's night. That's what I was going to say. That's what I was going to say. He did a dark match with Shinsuke Nakamura. Yeah, yeah. he was originally set to interrupt the Big Cass segment where Big Cass brought out the little Daniel Bryan, and it he didn't, his part got nixed, and they switched it to a dark match with Nakamura, and they, I, I guess they just didn't, or I was told they didn't like the way that bruising looked on TV, that's what I was told by somebody backstage. On TV, they said fear of a chest infection. I mean, maybe there was some sense of a fear or something, I don't know. It couldn't have been, I or he wouldn't have done the dark match. Or, yeah, or he wouldn't have wrestled. Yeah. But... I do love the way that that dark match ended. He was throwing the yes kicks, yeah, I saw and Nakamura that. punched him right in the penis. You know what I loved because I, I'm, a, you know, I'm a big Shinsuke Nakamura fan. I loved it when Shinsuke was going up the ramp. I saw the video clips too, and I loved it when he was going up the ramp. And you know, he's very eccentric, you know, and he's going up the ramp with his hands doing what Shinsuke does, you know, like this. But because yeah. the crowd was chanting yes, Shinsuke went. Like that, <laughs> doing doing it, doing it, doing it he the way Shinsuke. So well. And I, I just, I, I just, I really like him a lot. And I, I really, I wish they'd give him a shot with the title. I just really, really like him. Yeah. Um, also, cut from that show was a sanity video that they actually aired after, or they after aired it after SmackDown on Twitter for some reason. I don't know why it was cut. Uh, I'm gonna try to find out. I talk about stuff like that and have it in my Fightful Wrestling Weekly that drops every Friday. And also on the Fightful Weekender podcast on FightfulSelect.com, I go into detail about that stuff because I do have access to a lot of the rundowns that WWE does for Raw and SmackDown. You know, I always consider my wife to be the casual viewer that I use as a gauge, right? Yeah. I use her as a gauge as to what's working, what isn't, because she represents the casual fan. So Monday night, she's watching Raw with me. Uh, I always miss the first hour or so because of, you know, having little kids to, to put to bed. But she, sure. she saw the last little bit with me. And when the six-man tag started with Braun and Bobby Lashley and whoever else it was, I don't remember now, against uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn and whoever it was. I don't remember, because that's, how, it, that's how significant it was. I don't remember who the other two guys were. Uh, my wife said to me, well, they're in Montreal, so that means Kevin Owens is going to lose. Oh, yeah. When did they get to the point where they decided we're going to shit all over our live audience 
by making an ass out of the guy that's from here because they've been doing it for years. And I know that everybody used to talk about Jim Ross in Oklahoma, right? That Vince McMahon was going to embarrass Jim Ross in Oklahoma. When did they get to the point where they decided they were going to do that? Because sure enough, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, when they did the promo with Roman Reigns at the start of the show, were rock stars, right? Roman Reigns threw the first punch, Sean, unprovoked, which is the heel move, right? Got booed for it because that's what a heel does. Bobby Lashley did a run-in after they double-teamed him, and Bobby Lashley got booed for that, right? Then Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, the rock stars, Kevin Owens loses clean to the only guy on the babyface side that the crowd didn't want to boo. He gets pinned clean by Braun Strowman that the crowd didn't want to boo, Sean. WWE just It doesn't make any sense at all. They take absolute leave of their senses sometimes. Do you think... Sorry, sorry to cut you off. Do you think that part of the problem is that the powers that be, whether it be Vincent Mann, whether it be the directors, the producers, do you think part of the problem is that they're not really fans and they don't really watch the show, and so they don't really understand what the viewers have to deal with? Do you think that could be part of it? There's no way they could go into Montreal not knowing what to expect at this point. It's been like this for 20 years. 20 years. Did you see the Drew McIntyre selfie promo on SmackDown? Yeah, the one where he bragged about how natural his promos were because he's real, but was reading a scripted promo. And <laughs> they started it, and, and, and again, I wish whoever puts this together would just kind of think about it for a minute. They started it, both of them, by looking down like this, right? And then they both did the really kind of heelish, kind of arrogant, you know, to looking be fair, up like that. Dolph Ziggler's character, I fully believe that he would say, hey, hey, Drew, let's start by looking down and then... Look up. No, but see, I, I don't have a problem with that, Sean. Here's where I have a problem, all right? So Drew McIntyre, I'm, try, I'm hoping I have this on camera with my angle. Drew McIntyre's got the thing up for a selfie, right? So yeah. he decided, if you're looking at this in, in realistic terms, he decided, hit record on his phone, then lower his head while it's recording that he's holding, and then raise his head to start the promo. How fucking dumb is that, man? Oh, it's incredibly stupid. Right, Nigel? Yeah. <laughs> I wish it's like something I would do if I was creating like a cheesy Instagram post or something. It's yeah, it's so dumb and if they thought for one second about they just had those two guys do this thing and Drew's holding the phone the whole time, they look stupid. Like I Dang wish MQ says Ronda will do a selfie promo within a matter of weeks. That oh, is God. Oh God. And and the situation with Sammy and Kevin, it makes so little sense. Nothing about that made sense. Right. Usually, even even by WWE standards, usually they do it in a babyface's hometown and they have a heel get some heat. Right. Because, you know, everybody the next week is going to give a shit about what happens to Sasha Banks in Boston. Uh-huh. I, let me tell you, Pennsylvania doesn't give a shit what happened to Sasha Banks in Boston. Mm. They don't care. But you have the heels here. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And they get beat in their hometown, even though they're really the baby faces. But you're not trying to get negative heat on Braun Strowman, Bobby Lashley, and no. Roman Reigns. No. If anything, you're putting Roman Reigns with these guys 
to try to get a babyface reaction because he's associated with Braun. Right. But why the fuck is he associated with Braun? Yeah. Somebody sent me a post on Instagram that showed last year, one year, April 30th, 2017 to April 30th, 2018. On April 30th, 2017, Braun Strowman was attacking Roman Reigns in the ribs with stairs. <laughs> he lifted stairs that humans walk on and <laughs> threw it into a man's ribs. And then this week, he's like, you know, rock, paper, scissors, who goes first? Yeah, oh. yeah. They do that all the time. As soon as Piss somebody, yeah, as, as soon as somebody t- turns from heel to face or face to heel, any issues they had are forgotten. Yeah. They did it all the time. And you know, one, one match that comes to mind all of a sudden, I don't know if you remember this because this is old school. Back in 86 when Roddy Piper turned babyface. And this might be on the network if you look for it. Remember back then they did the monthly MSG shows, right? And do you remember, do you remember the, the WWE super fan, the guy with the shaved head and the big glasses? I think uh, Vlad was his name. Remember who I'm talking about? Yes. So Piper, when he was turning babyface, and he used to do the live Piper's Pits in the ring. And the month before they ended up doing this match, he's doing a Piper's Pit with Bobby Heenan. And Bobby Heenan challenges him. You know, I got Harley Race and Paul Orndorff. Why don't you get a partner and we'll do a match? Piper went out to Vlad knowing what he's going to say and said, who should I partner with? Gave him the microphone. Vlad said Hulk Hogan, right? Hulk Hogan and Roddy Piper were mortal enemies for yeah. forever, right? So what happened when they did the tag match? Have you seen that tag match? I haven't. You should look it up. It was Hulk Hogan and Roddy Piper against Harley Race and Paul Orndorff, all right? What did they do when they did the tag match? Every time they were going to go for a, for a tag, they looked at each other for a minute. Yeah. And they would kind of reluctantly put their hand up for a second. And then when they did the tag, they would go... Like that. Like really violently. Really violently. I, mean, I think they could even take a tip from... Corey Graves, he hates Elias at all costs. And Michael Cole now loves him, apparently, for some reason. Yeah. Uh, Bobby Heenan and Hulk Hogan for years. Right. Didn't matter what the affiliation was with Bobby Heenan. Right. That's why I wasn't that mad. Uh, I'll I'll mention I I heard about it on the new Bischoff podcast that he did. Like, he wasn't that upset at Bobby Heenan for saying, like, whose side is he on when he came out? Because why wouldn't Bobby Heenan say that? Bobby Heenan has always suspected Hulk Hogan to be the scum of the earth. And I loved it afterwards when, Hulk, when Bobby Heenan said, I told you. Yeah. You know? The only way you get a, a good pop out of the, the end of that six-man tag yeah. is if immediately after Bobby Lashley hits the bricks and while Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman are still in there celebrating, Braun Strowman power slams Roman Reigns. Right, which would make all the sense in the world too, yeah. And they, they found the one possible way. Right. The one possible way they could to screw it up. Right. They took the one over baby face yeah. on that side, Braun yeah. Strowman, yeah. had him peel or pin the most over guy on the heel side yeah. instead of Jinder Mahal, the one guy who got booed. I agree. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. Okay, I, go, I go into things with a very optimistic view, but man, that was a mess. Perfect segue to Stupid People, Nigel. Hell This is a stupid song. It just goes on and on. You might find some meaning, but you would be wrong. All right, first, thanks to TrevorStrong.org for the usage of the song. And once again, after this podcast is done, go to FightfulSelect.com, and we will have Stupid People Extended. And once again, I got good ones because, like I've told you, Sean, finding real news about stupid people is a breeze, man. It's easy. <laughs> it's probably the easiest thing I do all week. So this first one, and now I just got some good photos this week, too. Some of them are really good, Sean. <laughs> this first one was reported by WSB-TV2 Atlanta on April 26th, and this is good. You know, in the past, 
we talked about like the girl from Quebec that agreed to smuggle drugs into Australia because she wanted to take selfies, put them on Instagram, right? Yeah. This is along those lines. This is good. So a 17-year-old girl named Christina Pavin Baker crashed her car going 106 miles per hour in a 65 zone, all right? Killed her passenger, 18-year-old Michaela Penn. Now, here's my first question for you. Why do you think she was going that fast? Because there was a reason. Why do you think she was going that fast? She had to take a shit. Valid, valid. No, she was going that fast because Snapchat has a speed filter. Oh, yeah, it sure does. Uh, And she wanted to post a photo showing her driving over 100. She wanted to hit 100. They need to get rid of that. They got to nix that shit. That's the reason she did it. Only for that reason. Then uh, she had one request. So she appeared before the court last week because she's facing a felony uh, vehicular homicide charge, right? Yeah. So she went before the court last week for that, and she had one request for the judge. Do you have any idea what that request would be? That they add a speedometer to Grand Theft Auto Five because the franchise is 15 fucking years old and they don't have one, but Snapchat does? <laughs> I would say close. You're a little far <laughs> off, but... Okay. Uh, so you have to keep in mind, so this girl, you know, killed a friend... She's up for vehicular homicide, um, goes before the court, and what does she say? Please don't take my passport because I want to go on a cruise next month. Oh, man. What person the in their right mind? Read 0.0. Well, what, what person in their right mind, after doing what she did, would want to go hang out on a boat? What a goddamn dope. Can you believe that? So, uh, fortunately, they confiscated her passport, and... Uh, <laughs> So there will be no cruise, and they gave her a $31,000 bond, and they ordered her to stay off Snapchat. Apologies for the cough, you guys. I thought I had muted my mic. Yeah, uh, yeah, Snapchat, you're done. You're off Snapchat. You're grounded. Yep. This next one, (laughs) this is one of those stories where I can can know Nigel's going to love it, and when I heard the story, I sent it to Nigel because I knew he was going to love it. So this was reported by WJBK Fox 2 Detroit, Uh, and I'll ask you in a second to put that photo up. Sure. Dearborn Catholic High School in Dearborn, Michigan, has we to a good start? yeah we're 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 already good and I'll tell you a Detroit story maybe in a minute if I feel like pissing people off we'll see so uh, Dearborn Catholic High School they have their prom scheduled for Saturday May twelfth okay the school has announced that any girl at prom whose dress is deemed inappropriate will be handed something at the door called a modesty poncho Nigel put that up. I can't wait to see this. And they'll have to wear the modesty poncho over their dress at the prom. (laughs) Teachers on prom night will determine, as they're coming in, they'll determine whether a dress is compliant or not. And if it's considered inappropriate, they'll give you the poncho at the door to put on. One student said anonymously that if she's handed the poncho, she's going to leave. And one parent anonymously said that this is basically body shaming, degrading, and embarrassing. That's what they said. I mean, if it's like real, real bad, I understand it. But I mean, we've seen how. I mean, come on. It's 2018, man. Yeah, it is. It's 2018. I mean, seriously. I want to tell you a quick little story. Because it's amazing sometimes how people just, they just don't use common sense a lot, right? And this is an example of that. I have a guy that works for me here named Spencer. Nigel knows who he is. 
And he used to work for a, a big company called Rogers. People have probably heard of it. Uh, yeah. it's, it's a big, big corporation in Canada. And he was doing sales over at Rogers. Whenever you didn't hit your numbers, and he was in an open concept office like this, like what we have here, right? When you didn't hit your numbers, Sean, you know how they reacted to that? Fired? No, they, they put a modesty poncho on him. <laughs> that actually would be a bad idea. <laughs> the shame poncho. That would be a bad idea. The shame poncho. No, if you didn't hit your numbers, you had to stand up at your desk. No. Okay. So... Can you imagine that? You like you you want to talk about killing morale? You want to talk oh about God. embarrassing the employee? That's what my they did. My grandmother cut hair for like God fifty years, and she worked at a franchise called Fantastic Sam's locally. I can't remember what the thing was, but there was some sort of punishment where they would have the girls wear a stuffed monkey on their back as the monkey on their back. Uh. And they tried to – and this was like her second go around there. And they tried to do it to her, and she said, uh, fuck you. Yeah. And she walked out. Yeah. It's – yeah. Last one, SRS file. Boy. Yeah! People are amazing, Sean. That's all I can say. This was reported by the Daily Mail on April 27th. A 42-year-old man in Vietnam went to the hospital complaining of pain in his penis. And he said that he was having difficulty urinating. All right? They did scans, but they didn't pick anything up that was unusual. So then he decided to confess to them that the day before he was drinking with a buddy of his. And once they were a little under the influence... His friend shoved a four-inch chopstick up his dick. The scans didn't pick it up in the hospital because it wasn't made of metal. So the scans didn't pick it up. It was made of wood. Oh, it, so it was still in there? Yes. Yes. Nigel, put up that photo. Whoa, 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 whoa. Now, I don't know what you... Did you do a collage again? Because I know you like to get I creative. I just took the first one. I figured Is the one just we, of the chopstick? Yeah. Okay. I, I figured if we put, if we took the second one, it would just be instantly demonetized. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Uh, no. Yeah. I think you have a new Jay's game challenge. You think? Oh, fuck. <laughs> no, first off, who's the, who's the guy? What's the word to you, Nigel? What's the word to you, bud? That... <laughs> I... Okay, so I put a price tag. I can't count that dollars on my hair. Yeah. So I gotta know what that's gonna fetch. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder. So okay, <laughs> I don't have <laughs> any sexual orientation. I don't give a shit. Who's the guy that says, "Hey, bro, you busy tonight? <laughs> I got some shit for us to do." Yeah. By the way, have you eaten yet? How's Chinese sound? Well, he's in Vietnam, so wow. they could just okay. go to a local store and get some rice. It's, it's true. But uh, that's oh. what happened. So they were able to pull it out with the, without the need for surgery, and he was discharged the same day. A four-inch wooden chopstick oh. up, his, up his penis, Sean. We have Vinny Fernando in the live chat saying about the modesty thing. Or, or don't show off your cleavage. Or do what the fuck you want with your body. How about that? It's not like their their clams are hanging out. This, this, this day and age, man, cleavage this day and age is nothing. Like, seriously. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? You got 10-year-olds now walking around in tank tops. I mean, seriously. It's well, nothing. Well, Scotty Styles, they have ended this plan. I mean, the biggest show on cable right now shows people's brains flying out of their head. When they get shot in it. What's that? Walking Dead. Ah. 
Yeah. I mean, we watch people consume one another. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I say whatever. That's what happened. So uh, let's shift gears back to wrestling. I want to ask about Roman Reigns for a minute. And I feel like we go in circles about him a lot. But I want to ask your opinion on this, all right? So little recap. Four years ago, Vince McMahon decided to put him in his first WrestleMania main event. Decided this is going to be the guy. And we're going to coordinate him. And he's going to be the man, right? And he has a match with Brock Lesnar. And they did the thing. Seth Rollins cashed in the money in the bank or whatever. Fine, right? But the plan always was Roman Reigns is going to be the man, right? Then... It seemed in 2016 like it's time, right? He faces Triple H for the WWE title in, at WrestleMania. He wins the WWE title at WrestleMania. This is the time. This is going to be the man. We're going to coronate him. But then a few months later, he has a wellness policy violation, and he's got to drop the title. He's going to be out for 30 days, drops it to Seth Rollins uh, at Money in the Bank. Fun. fun first month of Fightful, let me tell you. Yeah. Right. Good God. Everybody was popping. Finally this year... Everybody's like, okay, it's time, man. Because you know this man is competitive, and I don't care what everybody thinks because this is what I want, and I'm going to prove to you I'm right kind of thing. So this year, now it's finally time, right? WrestleMania, Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, and they shock all of us, I think, by not only having Brock retain, but by having Brock dominate him and basically kill him at WrestleMania. Then they announce, okay, they're having a rematch in a cage at the Greatest Royal Rumble. And I think everybody, myself included, thought, okay, this is where they're going to do it. They're getting a bunch of money from the Saudi Arabian government, and they want to show them something. This is where they're going to do the big title change. And then what do they do? They do the goofy finish where he spears them through the cage. Brock supposedly hits first, retains the title. Here's my question for you. Do you think, because in my opinion, Roman Reigns' character has got to be damaged, Sean. He's got to be, right? He has failed to win the big one over and over and over and over again, right? Do you think that Vince McMahon has gotten cold feet on him? Do you think that maybe he's starting to think, oh, the crowd still hasn't really taken to him, and uh, his merch isn't where, you know, Cena's was, and, oh, look at everybody going for Braun Strowman. Do you think he's gotten cold feet on Roman, Reign, Roman Reigns, or do you think that he is just kind of playing into Brock, you know, like Brock's my boy, and I want to keep him around, and... Like, why do you think they would go through all these lengths and then put their foot on the gas over and over so, again? You mean Roman Reigns lengths to put their foot on the brake, right? I'm sorry, that's what I meant on the brake. Yeah. yeah. I, well, I don't have any information as to to why, but my personal opinion is it's a combination. I think they love Brock Lesnar. They see him as legitimate. They have goals that they want to accomplish with him and make you know make that title special and rare and stuff. And they're trying to establish that. But Braun Strowman is – I think they view him more as Andre the Giant than Hulk also, Hogan. I, I think they view him as a special attraction and, you know, he's throwing up Alexa Bliss on his shoulder yeah. and all this horse shit. But he is – like he has proven within interviews and stuff you can hand him. And the thing – the funny thing is if Braun Strowman came along right before – like a month before Roman Reigns, mm -hmm. we wouldn't be having this conversation. Yeah. We'd be talking about Braun Strowman being the guy still – we might be tired of Braun Strowman's reign by now. Yeah. Like, because there's no way that he would have, reigns would have been picked over a Braun Strowman because that's just the guy that, that Vince loves. However, yeah, I hate to be that broken record. Roman Reigns can be the hottest thing in your company. It just can't be as a baby face. Not right now. I that's agree. And, and I, I kind of feel for Roman Reigns because. The way he's been positioned where he's still supposed to be a babyface, but he keeps losing the big one over and over and over again. 
And he doesn't bitch about it because that's not the character of Roman Reigns to bitch about it. So he just continues on his business after losing, and then he loses again and continues on his business, loses again. They're just going to look at him as a loser. They're going to look at him like you can't win the big one. The only way to remedy that is a heel turn where he can bitch about it, I think. So, so the thing is, like, I don't agree with the Cena can't wrestle, Cena can't do this, Cena was bad, this and that. But there were some dark times under the reign of John Cena. Because as I said, they compromised the quality and integrity of their program and the insulted the intelligence of their viewers for a long time. But even then, those viewers were like, many of them thought, okay, we'll ride this out, and then afterwards there will be another guy. And right after that, they have done the same exact things with, thing with Roman Reigns, where he's that baby face that gets booed, but we're still going to stick with him for forever. And just 10 years before John Cena, you had that with Hulk Hogan, 10 or 11 or 12. Right. And in that interim, when you didn't do that, what'd you have? You had compelling people. You had Shawn Michaels and Stone Cold Steve Austin mm-hmm. and The Undertaker and Triple H and The Rock. And when they needed to be heels, they were heels. Mm-hmm. If this were today, I don't think that they would have turned The Rock heel in like 2002, 2003 during his Hollywood run. Yeah. They would have had him came came back as like super celebrity, shaking hands, all that stuff. Even though they he would have been well booed. Enough. They would have booed him out of the building. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. But they would have tried. I mean yeah. – I don't know. I, there are so many things that I'm just like – I question because I think there's more money across the board for Roman Reigns as a as an edgier character than as a babyface. I don't care what kind of it's merch he's selling yeah. right now. Yeah. I think him being a compelling character with Edge would create more. I mean right. Right. ultimately I mean, adults are the ones forking over that money. I mean again, I, I watched Greatest Royal Rumble. I watched that spear, th- spear spot, and I felt for Roman. I did because, because I just thought – yeah. It's going to be hard for him to recover unless they finally pull the trigger as a heel. Because even if I he like wins him the, in the ring, even if times like people aren't really the coronation has been done. It's happened. Yeah, just roll with him as a main event guy instead of the next coronation. And the and the sad thing is, a lot of people knew that this main event was going to happen the week after last year's WrestleMania. Right. They just yep. assumed that as hot as Braun Strowman got in that period, maybe there'd be a pivot at some point. Maybe there'd be a change. Right. Nope. Right. So, Nigel, guess what, man? What's up? Sean Ross Sapp is trying to get me sued. <laughs> is that we right? Got, we're going to have to talk about this one. Black oh, Cat Events. Uh, or, as, or as our boy Graham Williams said, by the way, happy birthday, Graham Williams. Cat Crap Events. There you go. Black Cat Events. Now, I was not familiar with Black Cat Events. Apparently, they yeah, do a lot of adults. Is. Okay, so they do a lot of adults, I guess, right? They're an adult promoter, I think. And uh, so over WrestleMania week, they booked uh, certain wrestling talent for a meet and greet in New Orleans, which is where WrestleMania was happening. So they booked James Ellsworth, our buddy back here. James Ellsworth was booked. Chelsea Green. uh, And Chelsea Green happens to be Zack Ryder's girlfriend. Zack Ryder's a WWE talent. Happens to be uh, his his girlfriend. Black Hat Events. And you see this, unfortunately, and I'm sure you see it in music a lot, too, because you know music. There are a lot of dirty promoters. Right. I have personally dealt with dirty promoters in wrestling. I don't know if I ever told you the Ultimate Warrior story where I actually turned to the Warrior for advice. Did I ever tell you about that, Sean? Yes, you did. And the Warrior, to his credit, even though he was, you know, a little odd and everything like that, he was very kind to me and and he told me, uh, get your money up front. And he told me, don't worry about this promoter, you know, threatening legal against you because he's not going to do it. He's full of shit. And get your money up front. So um, keeping that in mind, this Black Cat Events guy 
because he didn't pay these talents for the meet and greet. And Zack Ryder's got a pretty good following being a WWE talent. They all started jumping on him on Twitter. Whoever this guy is, I don't even know his name from Black Cat Events. They started jumping all over him on Twitter. He then responded the way that a punk would by saying things such as, Chelsea Green is a used tampon. Also, like, um, what a punk would say would say stuff like that, right? Then he said to Zack Ryder that he was going to sue Zack Ryder and WWE. But of course, if you're Canadian, Zack, you don't understand American law. Uh, where do you think Zack Ryder's from? <laughs> I don't know where in the U.S. New York, I Long think, right? fucking island. Right, right. What a dope, this guy. So he messages me after Andrew Thompson. On Twitter? Great... Yes. Okay. He DM'd me okay. on Twitter. After one of our great writers, Andrew Thompson, ran a story. This is the body of the story. Called them out. Over WrestleMania weekend, uh, the marketing and booking agency, Black Cat Events, had a number of talents scheduled and booked for meet and greet sessions. The owner had two talents in particular call him out on the spot via social media today about not being compensated for their appearances. Former Impact Knockouts champion Chelsea Green and former WWE star James Ellsworth made it known that they were two of many people who were booked but not paid by Black Cat Events. The man behind the agency's Twitter account sent out the following message, and then it is just a bunch of tweets. Mm -hmm. That's it. Mm -hmm. No editorializing. And he says, Do you want the real side of things since you posted the, the wrong side of things? And initially I sent a message that said, Have at it. Then I went to his Twitter, and I noticed a plethora of tweets that said, Yeah, I just rile these motherfuckers up. Mm -hmm. I'm just cutting promos. Ha ha, I sit back and laugh. And immediately I message him back and I say, you know what? I'm good. Because when I go to hit, to a Twitter account and I see that, and this is verbatim what I said, actually, no, I'm good. I can't take you for your word after you took to Twitter to say that you just say things to rile people up. I can't risk that. Thanks, though. Mm -hmm. and that's it. Because I can't. If I go to somebody's Twitter and they're saying, yeah, I'm just messing with all you guys, how can I take his word seriously when it is about the situation completely pertinent. Like that's about the situation that was written about. And he says, it's okay. Good journalism usually covers both sides, not just one, but you're a dirt sheet. <laughs> and be aware. You can also be named in our lawsuit versus Matt and WWE. And what Retweet. did I say? What did I say to you when, when you posted that on Twitter? Well, I'll finish it. Retweeting okay. libel is okay, but not publishing your own story on it. And I said, have at it, because I knew exactly what you would say. Yeah. Bring it on. Yeah, I did. And that's even if he gets past <laughs> hey, You know, for, for fun, Sean, I will countersue him. For fun. Yeah. So fuck off. And, and, and I don't know this guy, and I don't know his name, but what kind of a, what kind of a professional person, when someone is calling you up for not paying them for an event— responds on social media publicly and calls somebody a used tampon? What kind of a person is that, man? That's He's a punk. Embarrassing. He's it's a punk. embarrassing. I don't know what who he loop. is. And I, I will say one thing. Actually, this is a question for you, and I don't know if you've talked to Ellsworth or to Chelsea Green. Did they, did they uh, get security deposits? Uh, I don't know. I'm going to find out. I know Dennis Farrell, who talks to us here and there, has yeah. a podcast with Ellsworth, and he said, man— well, if he's suing people, we're probably getting sued too because I guess Ellsworth has already talked about it on his podcast at least. Well, find out if they got security deposits because even though we know that guys like low-key are a whole other story, <laughs> usually usually security deposits are done for a reason, to prevent stuff like this. So I'd like yeah. to know if they went in blind or if they at least got something. You know. Well, I know that title match wrestling and reality of wrestling pay their wrestlers. <laughs> and you all can check them out at Ladies Night Out 2, Saturday, May 19th. 
World Gym Arena in Texas City. You can also uh, stream the event on Title Match Wrestling Network. They hooked me up with Jordan Grace for an interview. Check out the last half. So you're in this unique position where even though you're 22 years old, you're a ring veteran. You've been around for a while. Uh, how do you handle that? How do you go about deciding what bookings you're going to take, which ones you're going to pass on? Do some people that have maybe booked you in the past and you have good relationships with take precedence over maybe even a better offer that might come your way? Um, honestly, the people that I used to work with, which was mostly in Texas and kind of the Midwest, like they, they have it. They think that I'm going to work for the same thing mm -hmm. uh, now that I was working for back then. And that's not the case. And they kind of get like a little, a little bit like a bitchy about it, you know, because they're like, Oh, well, why can't you work for this? Uh, now, if, if you were working for it back then, I'm like, well, you know, I think I'm a little bit more experienced and, you know, I have a little bit more of a, of a following now than I did back then, you know. What do you make of Ring of Honor featuring women more, Impact partnering with Rise? It seems like they are definitely uh, jumping on and, and trying to get that demographic who really appreciates women's wrestling. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, Ring of Honor could could be doing a lot better, like, with putting the women's matches you know, on TV and stuff like that. But the fact that they're, you know, putting them on YouTube right now and the fact that they brought the Women of Honor title back, you know, it's definitely a good start. They they did have it on their TV, I think, last week, but it was tournament matches that had already been filmed, like, I think a month or two ago, and the, the tournament had already been decided. So they did finally get on TV. Uh, have you ever heard from a Ring of Honor or anybody, like, reaching out to try to get you to be come in for a booking or anything? Uh, well, my boyfriend actually works for Ring of Honor right now. And yeah, Jonathan Gresham. Yeah. And uh, their whole thing was like they were focusing on the tournament for a really long time. And they were focusing on those girls that were going to be in the tournament. So I think that's one of the big reasons why they weren't uh, bringing a lot of new people in. But I, I, I had like a word with Hunter over uh, WrestleMania weekend. And there is definitely something there. Interesting. Have, so you've never had a tryout or like done extra work or anything for WWE, correct? I've done extra work for WWE, but I haven't had a tryout with them yet. And I think that's, you know, mostly because of my age. All right, we are back. And you all can stream that event at Title Match Wrestling Network. Uh, they have been great to work with. They've gotten me a lot of interviews lately, so I love uh, promoting their stuff. And I mean, they're, they're, they helped us get Gangrel and Jordan Grace. I'm talking to Kiara Hogan for them tomorrow. She's been a standout on Impact Wrestling's uh, women's division lately. There's been some good stuff on Impact lately. I have enjoyed watching Impact Wrestling the last several weeks. That's good. That actually brings about, I guess, another point I'll jump to. So um, I'm going to go ahead and assume that their streaming service is unofficially dead. I'm going to assume. I've never, I don't think I've ever even went to the website. Well, they just announced that uh, Anthony Corelli, who was Santino Morella, is going to be doing a weekly show on Twitch, on their Twitch account. Yeah. Meaning that they are, again, putting something that you would think they'd want to put on their paid streaming service, and they're instead putting it on Twitch, which is paying them. And so oh, yeah. uh, it's obvious that they're doing nothing with the streaming service, so they're going to be putting it on Twitch. I think they could, if it's, and I know it is available, they would probably, as I've mentioned before, they'd probably get more tips on Twitch than they would get pay-per-view revenue of people actually buying pay-per-views. Right, 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 right. Regular. I mean, and if we thought that that was the method that would have worked for us instead of Fightful Select, we probably would have went the Twitch route too. 
Although I have considered us doing a Twitch thing, but we would have to find the right streamers and stuff. Because there's a lot of video games and wrestling yeah, games. I'm not a Twitch guy. I know nothing about it. Sounds good. Me neither. But uh, let's move on. So listener Paul Fletcher, he sent in this question. He said, kind of curious if you think Eric Bischoff will keep doing his new podcast with Conrad when he starts calling him out on things or he'll shut it down like he did with at WZ Rebel. Now, I'm not familiar with the WZ Rebel situation. So That's maybe... Nick Hausman. He's uh, the guy at WrestleZone. Okay. And so did Bischoff scrap that show because he didn't like being called out on things? I don't know why it got scrapped. From what I understand, there was a lot of political discussion on the show and they differed politically which okay to me i'm not for that i listened to the first episode of the bischoff show and it's got a much more serious tone than the the uh well, that's kind of bischoff Bruce Pritchard show yeah yeah although there were some funny moments like when conrad <laughs> conrad asked eric bischoff about the nwo the, the formation and conrad says what was going through your mind when you saw all these people throwing trash in the ring and eric bischoff, bischoff goes what was I thinking? How can I hide this erection? Okay. That's heat. Okay. That's heat. Well, but, I mean, yeah, I, th I think that probably Bruce, that Eric Bischoff sees the dollar signs surrounding the Bruce Pritchard podcast, and that's much more important to him than Conrad Thompson calling him out for stuff. I was just going to say, uh, as far as do you think he'll shut it down, it's going to depend on the finances. That was going to be my answer. So... Now, let me ask you this question. Now, I didn't listen to the podcast. I don't really listen to any podcast, as you know, Sean. I, I read some of the transcript, and I heard some I'm things. I'm pulling a Jimmy. I'm choking to death. You all right, there. man? You all right? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I even left it unmuted there for a second. Oh, God, you all can see that at FightfulSlack.com, too. Jimmy, man, choking to death. I had a tickle air. in my throat. Everybody gets it sometimes. I happen to get it live on the air, Sean. Damn. I couldn't do anything about it. So... Apparently on the first podcast, Eric Bischoff claimed that he didn't get the idea for the NWO concept from Japan. Uh, he said he got the idea for doing more reality-based stuff from Japan, but he said he didn't get the idea for the NWO from Japan. I call bullshit to a degree, only to a degree. What's your take? I think he was inspired by it. I don't think he took the idea because for a guy like Eric Bischoff, I don't know that he was that plugged into the in-depth storylines of – japan at the time but well, i mean he obviously he was, he was going over there yeah like i I'll, I'll tell you what i think so in 96 and i don't have the date but i know it was before nash and hall wrapped up with wwe in 96 bischoff was in it was in uh, japan he was going back and forth watching new japan shows they had an interpromotional thing happening with wcw and all that he was at a show at the tokyo dome when new japan was doing an interpromotional feud with uh uwf international and uwf international yeah. They were a promotion that was doing some shoot-style stuff. Goddamn right they were. And <laughs> I trained with Billy Scott. He, he was in UWF. Well, there you go. There you go. But they weren't going anywhere, and they were struggling, and they came up with the idea of an interpromotional war with New Japan. They didn't do an NWO-style invasion, mm -hmm. but they did an interpromotional matches. And Bischoff was there at the Tokyo Dome when they were doing these interpromotional matches. And you remember that the NWO, his his original concept for the for the nwo was not for it to be a stable he wanted it to be its own promotion yeah and that was the plan and his thinking had been well i'm gonna if i build the nwo then we can start doing nwo branded events and and it'll be its own promotion so based on that i think he was at that tokyo dome show i think he saw those informational matches and i think he thought that's what i want to do i want to create you know a, a an entity to go head to head with wcw and then i think because hall and nash became available that's when he thought well we'll pretend it's the wwf kind of thing 
But yeah, I, and I, but, obviously but it was a brilliant idea. It was, uh, and in Bischoff's defense, because sometimes people get confused because there was an NWO in New, in New Japan later, and yeah. so sometimes people get confused. There was no NWO at the time. So it's yeah. not like he blatantly took the logo and the name and everything. That was him. But the, the idea for the interpromotional thing came from Japan. Yeah, and I mean, you could all you could trace inter, interpromotional stuff. Super Clash ran for several years, and Bischoff was in AWA when that was happening, when they were going head-to-head with, like, WCCW and really trying to hang on. And so they were like, all right, let's let's co-promote. Right. I want, and I loved, I loved the show. I thought it was a good show. Um you could hear Bischoff warming up a little bit more as it went on. And it fits a little more than the Shivani show because Shivani kind of couldn't remember, but he does watch alongs now to, to jog his memory. I think it's a good companion piece. And it was kind of an idea that I, I always wanted. I wanted a WWF show, WCW show and an ECW show. Cause we reached out to Joey styles early on, but unfortunately he got out of uh, wrestling, but I think, I think it's a good concept. And I think Bischoff will probably, Ride it out for the money. I oh, mean, yeah. oh, for sure. why not? I mean, Conrad's good at what he does. And if Bischoff can avoid the I don't recalls and stuff like that, that that some people say had plagued some of his other stuff, I think it's going to be really good because this first one was. I want to ask you, what do you think is the most likely situation that we see another invasion angle? Because personally, I think it's something probably between Triple H and Stephanie McMahon of maybe a Triple H leading an NXT type of thing onto WWE programming. It's possible. The, the first thing that kind of hit my mind when you said that, even though it's on a much smaller scale, the first thing that hit my mind was like Ring of Honor Impact. Mm-hmm. And the reason I thought that, and I actually had it in my notes, is uh, so Ring of Honor is doing a tour called War of the Worlds. They're going to be in Toronto for one stop. I'm not sure the venue, but they're going to be in Toronto. They're going to be in Chicago, a couple other dates. The date in Chicago, if I wrote it down here, is going to be next Sunday, May 13th. And Austin Aries is going to have his first Ring of Honor match in like eight years on that show. He's going to challenge for the TV title against Silas Young. He is still not only with Impact, and I don't want to give away television taping spoilers because I don't think they've aired yet, but he is still in the title picture at Impact. And now here he is. He's going to do a Ring of Honor show. Now, granted, it's a live event. I think they are going to tape it for their streaming service. Yeah. What's called Honor Club? Yeah. We, okay. we have it for yeah. Fightful. Yeah, we'll we'll have the results up but something like that makes me think that there's going to be i i still look at it and i still don't understand what's in it for ring of honor like i get it you get another talent i get it but impact it's a lot more of a rub than ring of honor does so i i if i was uh ring of honor i probably wouldn't wouldn't do it it's my, my personal opinion but i well, think of, it's me i don't know how stringent the impact contracts are because i know pretty much anymore they're just bringing guys in for tapings I know they no, extended no, no. Eli Drake's deal, but... Sure, I'm saying from an Impact point of view, it makes all the sense in the world. Yeah. Because Impact is, is whether they want to admit it or not, they're the, the, the bottom feeder right now, right? Yeah. Ring of Honor is way higher up on the totem pole than they are. So for them, it makes all the sense in the world because you're getting that rub, right? Pat Fannin says the Chicago stop is not on Honor Club. Oh, weird. Oh, it's not. Weird. Maybe that's why Austin Aries is on that show then, because it's not televised. Perhaps. Yeah. I, I mean... Impact has a lot of people that are on other TV shows. So, hmm. Where is Austin Aries base? Is he based around Chicago by chance? I have no idea. Don't know. Okay. Okay. Well, whatever. But when you said the uh, the invasion thing, I thought of Impact Ring of Honor is the first thing that kind of came to my mind. I, do... I would 
I would think Florida, sorry to interrupt, because I know that he was still coming to the PC here and there when he was still dating Zelina Vega because he was rehabbing an injury. Okay, okay. Well, I do think uh, something with NXT does make sense. Uh, and the one thing about Hunter for the last few years, and you've noticed this, is uh, he plays a heel on WWE television, but he still cheered a lot. Yeah. And it's, and it's because a lot of people, I think, respect him, and they, they respect what he's trying to do with, the, with development territories. I, I, I saw some of his stuff. What was that business summit that they did over WrestleMania? And they just started airing the footage, and yes. I saw some clips of that, and I found it interesting that he kept referring to territories uh, and talking about uh, how NXT to him is a territory. And there are actually supposedly now plans in the work to do additional performance centers in additional quote-unquote territories and create additional promotions to go with them. I uh, don't know if they would air them all in the network necessarily, but apparently that's kind of in the works. And yeah. I, I respect what he's trying to do. He wants to get guys on WWE television that have experience as opposed to these green guys that have only done indies. Because, again, with all due respect to independent wrestlers, they don't have that television training uh, which is why even a guy like Finn Balor, who was really experienced in the ring when he came in and did a lot of stuff with New Japan, he didn't know where the cameras were, and he would turn yeah. his back to a camera. You know what I mean? So I respect what he's doing a lot. I could see them doing something with NXT because, like I said, he's already getting a lot of cheers anyway. But we'll see. They've already brought so many guys to the main roster that I guess the question would be kind of like when the whole ECW thing, when guys that had been with WWE for years were suddenly ECW. Do you, yeah. think, do you think it would be a thing where all of a sudden uh, Kevin Owens – goes with the NXT, you know what that, I mean? That's that's what I was I was thinking that to myself because, man, so many people have uh, virtually half the roster are NXT now, right? Or were, but they're company uh, also, guys now. So how much sense would that make? Exactly, and that's one of the thing I hated about the alliance. Like when Test joined the alliance, I'm like, what? Right? Why he was never WCW like right. that? Right? That pissed me off. And like Steve Austin, I'm like, okay. You're talking about Steve Austin. He was fired by WCW via FedEx. He right. literally said that was the catalyst of his career taking off. Was right. yeah. was that happening? Uh, an update. Pat Fannin says that the Chicago stop was going to be on TV. So oh. they, they taped it for TV. So Interesting. You'll hear me talk about that on the Fightful Weekender podcast exclusively on Fightful. Com. Subscribe now. You know what? If they had the NXT thing happen the way the Shield came in. Mm-hmm. Where they were, where they were a group of guys that hadn't been on WWE television yet, but they came in and they kind of, sort of, were kind of like outsiders the way that they did yeah. their thing. That would get over. I think they bastardized the invasion an awful lot on WWE. I mean, they had Raw and SmackDown invading one another. Right, right. So Last I heard some news today, man. May second. Yeah. Keith Lee signed with WWE. That's the report via PW Torch. It makes a lot of sense. He is doing his farewells. He is wrapping things up. That sirloin beef sons of bitches division is really getting loaded. But when I think of Keith Lee signing with WWE, what's the first thing you think I think of? Probably how uh, great Stokely Hathaway would be managing him. Probably how Matt Riddle's still without a contract. Yeah, that too. Those two have wrestled a lot. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and there's poor Matt Riddle looking like a rock star out there, smoking it up, uh, working independence. Well... Matt, I'm sure you're sitting at home watching this live <laughs> next to your computer. <laughs> yeah. Let me let me just give you give you personal advice, Matt. Sign with Ring of Honor, do your year there, and WWE will be foaming at the mouth to sign you. I agree. They will fall all over themselves to sign Does you. Does Ring of Honor want him? Do they have interest in him? They wanted him two years ago. What about now? 
I, I couldn't imagine that it, it's hurt him any becoming like the hottest commodity on the indie circuit. Is he as hot now as he was a year ago in terms of buzz? Yeah, I don't think so, but I think that's more because of the flow slam loss than anything. A lot of people had ways to see him right. that way. But if he were in Ring of Honor, I think, yeah, he would be. Because I think domestically, he would be a major factor. Like, he'd be a major foil for Bullet Club yeah. domestically. Does he still I, have I a think... WWN contract? I'll ask. I mean, he won't respond, but I'll ask. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'll text him myself because he'll think there's money in it for him. So maybe he'll respond to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, he had the chance to do some Ring of Honor work a few years ago after WWE said, oh, we're going to pass on you right now because they found a picture of him holding up a bag of weed on the internet. Yeah. And then he said, hey, would it hurt me if I went and did this Ring of Honor stuff? And they were like, well, hold on. Let's get you signed by WWN. Mm -hmm. And that became a deal. Imagine but, some of his matches given his style with a guy like Daniel Bryan. Yeah. That'd be fire. With, with guys that Riddle was incredible, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's unbelievable how yeah. good he is. So uh, you remember when uh, when John Cena did that interview, and I don't know how many years ago it was anymore, but it was legitimate because it wasn't WWE, where he did an interview kind of shitting on The Rock and saying about, oh, he says that he's with us, but then he disappears and, and whatever. And it was legitimate. That was not storyline related. He didn't know The Rock was going to come back you know, to wrestle. He said it because he felt it and he meant it. Then The Rock does the Hall of Fame, uh, putting in his father, and tells the joke about how uh, uh, they would torture people by tying them up and make them watch The Marine, which yeah. is John Cena's DVD movie, right? So they had that little thing. They do their first WrestleMania match. Seems to go fine. They do the second WrestleMania match the next year. Seems to go fine. Somewhere along the way, Sean, they became buds. Somewhere. They went from, ah, oh, you're shitting on me, and now I'm shitting on you. And they did the promos where Rock was nervous enough that he actually wrote stuff on his arm. And, and, yeah. and Cena would call him out for it, for actually writing stuff on his arm. And you could see that there was a little bit of legitimate animosity between them. Somewhere along the way, they became buds. And The Rock just announced that his production company, Seven Bucks Productions, is going to partner with Universal Studios to develop a movie called The Jansen Directive. And I know you like books, so you've probably heard of it. The Jansen Directive? I, that sounds familiar. Uh, it's by the guy that wrote The Bourne, the Bourne books. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and the lead for that movie, Mr. John Cena, is going to get the lead role in The Rock's movie that The Rock himself was going to have. Uh, but now he's just going to produce it, and The Rock's going to be the lead. What do you think of that, man? Because The Rock makes a cameo in it? I could see I could see that happening, yeah. I could see it. But the, but the, their their career trajectory outside WWE is like a parallel between those two guys. Yeah, I don't think John Cena will ever be as big as The Rock because I no. mean The Rock is the box office god. I yeah, mean, he is. I agree and I I still feel that Cena is not comfortable in mainstream interviews. Like when yeah. I see when I see him on Ellen and stuff, I feel like he's not comfortable. I feel like his humor is always the same. He's always stone-faced with the deadpan humor. And that's, that's the kind of role he plays. Like in that Blockers movie, that's that's pretty much what he played. And, right. and it works for him. He can be that guy. Yeah, but when he does uh, an interview to promote a movie, it's one thing when you tell a joke once or twice or three times with that same kind of stone-faced demeanor. When you've done yeah. 10 minutes of that, I've had enough. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, I, I just think it's nerves. I just think that he's not in his element and he's not comfortable. Because when you see him in the ring... In the ring, he can do it all. Like he'll joke mm -hmm. and he'll laugh and he'll he'll improvise and he'll do all that. You put him, uh, you know, in in a seat talking to the the media promoting a movie. I just don't think he's in his element. And he's not comfortable, and it comes off forced. I find with him. Hopefully, as he continues to do them, he'll get comfortable. 
Yeah. But right now, him and Rock, they're on, they're on just completely different levels. I want to ask you really quickly about something I brought up on a couple of other shows. John Cena's promo for the Greatest Royal Rumble. Yes. You think he he knew what he was saying, right? Absolutely. It's fortunate that I am allowed to be a part of this event. He said, "Yeah," and he says something. Yeah, he says something about uh, no matter what's going on in my life, you know. I well, I think that was more and... total divas, total Bellas type of stuff. But yeah. the allowed thing, I think that was definitely like y'all are fucked up over here, not letting women in. But why would he say I'm allowed? Because I mean, it's I guess it's fortunate that anybody is allowed. I but guess. I mean, I think I think it was very pointed and very clear what he meant there, without outwardly saying, "Hey guys, it'd be cool if you all let women over here and maybe didn't kill gays." I think you're overthinking it. I don't, because Cena comes off so he's one of these guys. Even though he's a made man and he can do whatever he yeah. wants in the company, he still comes off appreciative of everything. And I, I kind of question if what he really meant was, you know, I'm not around full time anymore. And this that's, is that's true. You know, like I think that might I think have been he really it. stressed aloud though, and I was like, hmm. I think you're overthinking it. I don't think that's what he meant. I, what I else find... you got on this week? We've ran over time already. Have we? It's 4:33. Oh crap! Okay, we got to go. We got to do. Uh, we got to do. Stupid people extended. Fightfulselect.com. I got three more good ones. Check it out. You're gonna find them funny. Yeah, guys, uh, FightfulSelect.com. I have somebody asking if we're going to this all-in podcast row. I can say, no. I wanted to talk about that today. Okay, we're going to talk about we're going to talk about it next week. We're over time. We'll talk okay. about it next week. Okay, we'll do that. I got some in the Fightful Wrestling Weekly. Okay. Guys, uh, so check that out. I have that up. Early access on FightfulSelect.com right now. Check it out. Just go over there and check out the features. I promise you'll like it. Follow me at Sean Ross Sapp. Follow Jimmy at Jimmy Van 74. Follow us at Fightful Online. We are out. Save big money on plant protection supplies. Now at Menards. Defend your garden with Triazicide Insect Killer. Its fast-acting formula protects lawns, vegetables, and many other plants. It kills more than 260 insects by contact, above and below ground. Choose from ready-to-spray, concentrate, or granular. Save big money on Triazicide Insect Killer at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save